Welcome to the Eternity's Viewpoint Podcast with Pastor Lauren Richmond Sr. This podcast is a ministry of East Denver Bible Baptist Church in Denver, Colorado. Each week, Pastor Lauren will open up the Bible and share the truth of God's Word. Our prayer is to be a blessing by providing you with simple, understandable teachings from Scripture on how to live a life of faith in view of eternity. Here's this week's episode. Hello, this is Pastor Lauren Richmond Sr. Welcome to our podcast, uh, Eternity Viewpoint. We are in the book of James here. We're going to finish out this last chapter, just making some comments here, and then we'll move on to, I believe, in this next session we'll be on First Peter, unless we take a couple here. But I'm going to read just a few verses here. Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rest of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire, heap to get that treasure together for the last days. Behold, the higher the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth, and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have lived on earth, pleasure in the earth, and been wanton. You have nourished your hearts as in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Sounds very much to me like talking about unsaved people here, but you know, there's always that possibility that there's someone who claims to be a Christian that's not living the life. And uh, certainly the lifestyle of the person who has no direction, the person who's living a carnal life, the person who's living all for himself. And uh, if you've watched any of the Olympics, you've seen some people who are all about themselves, and then you've seen others who are very much about their teammates. and even appreciating their competition and giving them credit as well and those that have helped get them to the place that they're at today. But uh, what is it as a Christian? How do we live? What do we talk about? Uh, how do we treat people? Uh, that all should be a question of certainly good character, good conduct, living the right kind of a lifestyle, being living a life that's pleasing and honoring to the Lord. and. Uh, we see others here, of course, who have not done that. But the Bible goes on to say, You've condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. The Bible talks a great deal about patience in the Christian life, learning how to wait. The Bible says, uh, in Isaiah 40:31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When we think about patience, when we think about waiting, we think about the difference. Uh, I would give you an example, and you may disagree with me, but I happen to be a connoisseur of meat pies, I guess you would say. They uh, I'm Not really. I mean, I'm, I'm very plain, very bland, except that I do like my meat pie is done a certain way and I found out if you've got the choice between the microwave and the oven I want the oven. Now the microwave can be done a lot quicker but I'd rather wait as extra I generally throw a couple of meat pies in the oven for basically 42 minutes at I think it's about 425 degrees or 400 degrees I guess it is because I'll let it uh, heat beyond the time it takes to warm up I don't wait for the thing to heat up and then put it in the oven I just put it in there but I am not one generally for patience 
but we need to wait on the Lord. We need to be patient. We need to understand that the Bible says God is working you both willing to do of his good pleasure. And the Bible says the trying of our faith, as we mentioned in James chapter 1, worketh patience. So certainly we need to be a person who's patient. We, we need to know just like that one who keeps the crop. And I would uh, certainly give my wife a lot of credit. She is a wonderful gardener and she will do everything that's necessary. She'll buy the plants early, she gets the seeds, she'll put them in the soil, in the house, on the uh, table in different containers until they're ready to go outside. She doesn't put them out too early because she knows if you put them out too early that we get that late frost and uh, ruins those plants. So she knows just exactly how, how much to wait. She's very good at watering. She doesn't miss the watering days very rarely unless it's gonna rain or she thinks it's gonna rain even then a lot of times she'll be out there making sure they get the water and uh, knows exactly when to pull them out uh, you know take them off the vine and the plant and so forth does a wonderful job with that and she's willing to wait so that it does what it's supposed to do the Bible says be also patient establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh Lord if you now I, I can tell you this sir, I do appreciate the fruit of her labor I love uh, tomatoes in a tomato puree that I can uh, my wife will make me up a uh, macaroni and tomatoes type of thing with some sort of meat either usually hot dogs or hamburger and that doesn't sound good to the rest of you but as a bachelor before uh, I, I grew up doing that stuff and I, I still love uh, love doing it and it's a, it, it's a calorie killer for sure but I certainly enjoy reaping the fruit of that labor I also love eating uh, our neighbors have some concord grapes that in the alleyway there and a lot of times they don't bother to pick all those or leave them so we're welcome to get those and I just love eating the concord grapes so uh, it's great that way but to re, re, uh, to receive all of that but the Bible says be also patient establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh there isn't anything better than uh, we would say there's not a whole lot better than being able to get the fruit of your labor but certainly the Bible's telling us that there's something greater coming, the fact that the Lord is coming back. The Bible says, Therefore be ye also ready, for such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. We need to be ready for him to come, and we need to prepare our hearts. And uh, the Bible says, Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. How are we treating others? How are we sharing the good news of them? You know, I, I've had an opportunity over the holidays to visit with my uh, go back for high school reunion and also to uh, visit with some family and uh, you know what we don't all share the same political viewpoints but I wasn't there to share politics I was there to uh, enjoy the fellowship with them I was there also to encourage them in the Lord if I could and uh, certainly that's a blessing because uh, I don't know how much more time we got on this earth. We got to make our lives count for God. Take my prophet brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord, for an example of suffering, affliction, of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Why is it so often that people just don't like having any trouble in their lives? 
You know, it, it, when things start to go wrong, immediately they want to blame God. And certainly we had not to do that. We need to understand the Bible promises that we're going to go through that. First Peter talks about that, says, After that ye have suffered a while. After that ye have suffered a while. That means we're going to suffer. The Bible says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. That's just part of the life. That's something we need to get used to. The Bible says it's better that we suffer for doing the right thing than suffer uh, for evil doing. Uh, it, just, it just teaches us character. And it talks about those people that shared the gospel. And I could give an example. I had an opportunity when I was in New York to relate back to a high school uh, classmate whose name was Barry Miles. And Barry was on his way to Bible college, would have been going. He was a senior in high school. And he was mocked for his faith. They called him Bible Baptist Barry. He was always giving out uh, tracts and so forth, telling people about the Lord and telling him how important it was. He wasn't a sports jock or any of those things, uh, but he loved the Lord, and he was determined to go for him. So I remember a senior year where he was in class, and he ended up getting a bunch of, got uh, hit by a bunch of dodgeballs and ended up going into the hospital. They thought that perhaps at first it was his appendix. They took it out, but it turned out he had internal bleeding. And as a result of that, he ended up uh, eventually took his life and so just a sad commentary and yet he was someone who loved the Lord and he suffered affliction but he faithfully served Christ until his death. The Bible says but above all things my brethren swear not neither by heaven neither by the earth neither by any other oath but let your yea be yea and your nay nay lest you fall into condemnation. Stay with the word of God and do the things that Please, Lord, and bring honor to him, and uh, God will bless you for that. And so uh, how important that is. That's a wonderful thing. The Bible says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The, the Bible talks about how the, uh, the, the character that we have to ha need to have, the things we can do when we're going through a rough time. If people are sick, we can certainly have people come and pray for us. Bible even talks here how that you, someone could be anointed with oil. And, uh, you know, oftentimes with some of those things, it's all about the people who claim to have such great power that do those things. Certainly the Christian in humility, God can certainly honor their prayer and their faith, and they can follow those instructions, and God can bless, and God can use it. It's up to God to do the work, not, not the man. The Bible says, Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Don't we want to see God bless our prayers? The Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom, would ask of God. We're also told, uh, if we humble ourselves and pray and seek God's face and turn from our wicked ways, then God will hear from heaven. Call unto me, and I will answer thee. Cry unto me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Over and over again, we're talking about the prayer life. We're talking about doing those things that bring honor to glory to God, doing those things that bring answers to our prayer. And uh, certainly we need to do that. We need to be praying for those that are sick. 
praying for those that are struggling, praying for those that God might open up their hearts to the Word of God. And uh, only, only the Lord can do that. So we need to acknowledge, the Bible says, it talks about keeping that short account with God and asking Him to forgive us and making things right as quickly as we can. And acknowledging, if, acknowledging the fact that if we've offended one, we ought to make it right. You know, we, we go to, we ask God to do something, and yet we're not willing to make things right between other people and ourselves. Certainly that's wrong. There's examples in the scripture, and the end of this chapter, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. We get upset if it's a few days and there's no rain, and yet God, this man had so much power that God allowed his prayer to uh, cause no rain for three and a half years. Of course, we know it was God's plan because of the wickedness of Ahab and Jezebel, but still God honored his prayer. Oh, that our prayers might be powerful, that they might be people that can get a hold of the throne of God. The Bible says we're to come boldly before the throne of grace. I mean, we need to come there and say, okay, God, we need this. We're asking you to do it. And we're not commanding God to do it because God can do whatever he chooses to do, but we're begging him, we're beseeching him. And it says he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. Uh, we, you know, I, I oftentimes, uh, obviously when something's going on, we'll try to get as many people to pray over that situation as we possibly can. We don't know who God listens to and who he doesn't as far as who's right with God, who has that wonderful uh, fellowship with him and who doesn't. And we're just praying there's enough people pray, there's enough people that care about the things of God, that God's going to hear somebody's prayer and answer it. And we trust that we might be that person. We might be able to see God answer our prayers and bless us and use us as well. It says, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth a sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. What a wonderful thing it is. I was able to enjoy so much the testimonies and the uh, understanding that a number of classmates from high school who 50 and 51 years later have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. They're living for him. They didn't back then. They didn't know him. But somewhere along the line, they came to put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what could be better than that? Every time I received a message from a young man who passed, well, not a young man, a young man, a man who's a couple years older than me, but went to high school together. And he had recently sent me an email and uh, or a message on Facebook and said, "Thank you for your faithfulness all these years." Well, just recently he passed away, but I, I don't know when he came to know the Lord, but I'm praising God that he did, and what a wonderful change that is. And if we can have any part in that. How great is that? God bless you and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Eternity's Viewpoint Podcast with Pastor Lauren Richmond Sr. The Eternity's Viewpoint Podcast is produced by Resonate Media in partnership with East Denver Bible Baptist Church. If you have been blessed by what you have heard today, help us share the blessing with more people by subscribing and leaving a review. To learn more about the podcast or to connect with Pastor Lauren, visit EternityViewpoint.com.
Do you have something to say? Are there people who want or need to hear from you? Have you always wanted to start a podcast but don't know where to start? Welcome to Resonate Media, where our mission is to amplify you. At Resonate Media, we focus on helping underrepresented voices and aspiring podcasters get started by providing equipment, expertise, and experience to help you launch a podcast. To get started, visit ResonateMediaPro.com. Don't let the confusion, complications, and costs of hosting, recording, editing, and distribution hold you back. The world needs to hear what you have to say. Resonate Media can help your voice be heard.